Welcome everyone to the Almost Cancelled TV podcast. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Connor. Yes, still here. This is your weekly show in which we talk about renewals, cancellations, pilot orders, some casting here or there, maybe some trailers, whatever, whatever's come up. Uh, one other thing we should make clear, this is going out early, of course, for Patreon on Saturday. It'll go up publicly on Sunday. Comic-Con is currently ongoing. It started, uh, I think technically yesterday, but there wasn't really any news until today. So there's a few Comic-Con things in the news. There will probably be more by the time this actually goes out, and that'll be on next week's show. Just uh, be prepared for that, okay? <laughs> right? Because yes. normally there's no news at the weekend, so it doesn't matter that we record on a Friday or Thursday, and then it doesn't go out until Sunday. This is one of the few weeks of the year where it'll actually make a difference, because Comic-Con's ongoing. There's probably stuff coming out of it. There will be more news. Yeah. That's undoubtable. Uh, so keep that in mind as we go forth into things. Uh, before we get it going, I will say, um, I did actually go back and finish season one of Severance this week and did a, a video talking about the back half of the season. Uh, so you can go check out that. It was very good. I recommend it. Uh, so. That's good. I, you know how, so I had, I've got this week off and I intended to start watching Stranger Things. You didn't? Uh. I didn't. I started watching Kids on the Slope instead, and it might be... I've got two episodes left, and it might be my favourite TV show of all time. If, if, it, if, it's, if it lives I've up. literally it's, never heard of it. What is it? It's, uh, it's, it's an anime. Okay, I don't care. Not, stop, stop. It's, it's, stop. A, it's a drama anime. Um, it's a coming-of-age drama set in like the, the 60s by the director and composer from Cowboy Bebop. And it is about, you know, some kids and, and their jazz. And it is phenomenal. It is one of the, is, you know, one of the best things I've ever seen in any medium. Yeah, when the day comes when we do our fifty top TV shows of all time, I'm going to absolutely hate your list. I'm just oh, you will, but just if anyone, the the animation in this is spectacular. The way they animate the the musician, yeah, I've never seen drumming so accurate. Like. Most films that have like musicians look less accurate than this animation. I've never seen Jamie look so accurate. I'll see they put that in the, like in in in, the, in like on screen. Put that in the poster. Put that in the po- Connor. Jamie never seen Jamie so accurate. Hey, watch watch one of this any kind of clip from the show of them playing the music, and and you will understand what I mean. It is special. Let's get started on the the news, shall we? Because. Uh, are we, are we opening with Lord of the Rings? No, we're not opening with Lord of the Rings. Are we opening with Star Wars? No, we're not opening with Star Wars. God damn it. Uh-huh. Have you, have you, I bet you've not got even, either of these I'm stories sta- in I'm there. starting with renewals, because we always start with renewals. <laughs> They're not as important. <laughs> I'm sticking to my format, you prick. Now you... Oh, fine. You simmer down and brace yourself. Um, but yes... Uh, so, renewals up first. Uh, for All Mankind, this is a hot, hot Comic-Con, has been renewed for season four. This is the Apple TV show. Oh, the yeah. Apple, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's another, there another one with a similar title that I always get it mixed up with. I don't know what it is now, off the top of my head, but there was one. I can't think of an show with Mankind in the title, but, uh, unless it's the For All that you're, <laughs> that you're... No, no, I'm sure it was Mankind, but... Okay. It's fine, I know which one this is now that you said the Apple. Yes. Uh, that is actually another one that I kind of want to go back and give more of a chance to at some point because I've heard good things about where it goes, uh, and I do like the showrunner. But uh, uh, I've got some other shows that I want to get to and possibly get some, you know, do some catching up on, um, before I maybe consider this one. But uh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so season four is is happening. Uh, it's nice to see that you know Apple seemingly for now is supporting the shows that are that are doing well that are. You know, they've got scope to keep going for X number of seasons. Obviously, if a show's only planned for three seasons, say, like Ted Lasso and Yeah, there was else, definitely there was some cool. comments from the cast that implied, I think, I think it was this week or last week, that implied that, yes, there will kind of just be the three seasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Resident Alien got renewed for season three, uh, which is cool. 12-episode season. And this is actually a little early because season two is just about to debut. In August, so confident, man. Yeah, I'm happy for Alan Tudyk, but you know, get a paycheck. Yeah, uh, it was a decent pilot. You know, I, I wasn't this like I wasn't like super excited to watch more of it, but it was you know he was it was fine. solid enough. There was a couple of good jokes yeah. in it. Uh, 
Oh, I mean, if someone told me that it, it got better, I would be like, yeah, I believe it may have done. Because yeah, I, I saw some potential in it. it. Just, you know, not all the jokes lied. It was kind of 50-50 if the jokes were hitting yeah. for me in that first episode. But uh, happy for Tudic to, to get a nice paycheck, if nothing else. So uh, that is good. Uh, season 3 renewal as well for What If, the Marvel animated series. Uh, again, this is early. Season 2 is not even so, launched yet. I didn't think that had Season 2 yet. Yeah, uh, no, it's launching early next year, Season 2. So they're getting way out ahead of this. I wonder if this is something to do with the fact that they get a lot of big actors to voice the, the roles in it, so they get they have to get in ahead and... Probably. Pick it all, I don't know. Uh, so, there's that. Uh, Abbott Elementary got renewed for season two on ABC. This was one that was popping up in the Emmys that we were like, oh, what's this? Uh, it mentions here it's a full season for season two, meaning I assume season one was only like a 13 episode or, you know, something it's around there. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, so full twenty-two episode for season two, which you know is cool if people are liking it. Uh, neat. Well, judging by the Emmys, I'm assuming people are liking it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm mildly curious to check it now, just to see if it's you know because it's a sitcom. I'm just curious to see. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe it's maybe it's good. Uh, Breeders got renewed for season four by FX and Sky. This is the the Martin Sheen. Sorry, Martin Freeman, not Martin Sheen. <laughs> Wrong Martin. Martin Freeman. Uh. Okay, I, I I know which show this is now that you've said that. Yeah. Oh, what's Martin Sheen? Do you know what it is? because I, like, I always worry about saying Morgan Freeman instead of Martin Freeman. I did this flip where instead of that, I said Martin and then the wrong last name. <laughs> Too many Martins is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, that's getting season four. Um, and then... Yeah, so that's the renewals. That's all the renewals, right? We got, we got so the healthy list of renewals. There's a lot of them quite early as well. So they're, they're feeling confident about the shows. Nice to have some positivity coming out of Comic Con. Um, all good stuff. Uh, so we have some fairly meaty Walking Dead news. Uh, in this next section here. Oh, yay! I know. Yeah, you're thrilled. Let me uh, let me, uh, let me pretend to be excited. So. This is a change of plans. Do you remember how they were going to do like a trilogy of, of Rick movies with Michonne? I do, yeah. Uh, they're not doing those anymore. Instead, they're getting a six-episode limited series, which is kind of about the same runtime when you think about it. You know, it's, you know, three two-hour movies. movies. Those, yeah. Right? So, yeah. So, for, from a perspective of shooting and like how much work the cast are like going to be doing, it's probably about the same uh, compared to the trilogy, but for whatever reason, they have decided to to do this instead of doing movies. Maybe they just felt it was a better fit for it. Uh, what's so weird about this is that like the main show is ending, Daryl's gone off into a spin-off, and it's so weird to me that now the original main character and then one of the, the bigger supporting characters are also now going to be in a limited series, which they're calling it a spin-off, but like... It just kind of feels like the show's splintered into, like, the characters will just split up into their own shows. Yeah. So, I don't know. They get more money out of it this way. Yeah, they, they, they do. I, I feel like... But, I mean, I, I gave up, like, early season three, because, uh, you know, season two was dreadful. I gave season three a chance, I didn't like it, and I was out. But it is kind of weird to me that the show starring Rick isn't considered the main show <laughs> anymore. Like, it's, it's also a spin-off now. Like, it's just how much they've messed with this in terms of, like, spinning and franchising and all sorts of shenanigans, but there you go. Limited series. The announced at Comic-Con. Thrilling. More Walking Dead. Just what the world needs. Okay, well, here's something interesting. So, you know how we're getting that uh, Godzilla and the Titans show? It, I do. I'm much more excited about this one. Yeah, this is Apple as well, which, to be fair, their, their, their stuff does look nice and expensive. Yeah, uh, so Apple are bloody rich. Yeah. Um, we've got some casting for it, and this is an interesting duo that's been cast. We've got a father-son duo that have been cast, and they are big names. Kurt Russell and his son Wyatt Russell have joined the cast. Okay. Are they I playing know. father and son? Because, did you, I mean, you'd assume so, but also, there's no reason why they'd have to. It just says the roles weren't divulged, so we don't actually know, but you can okay. speculate that they might be. Um... You know, this, this is cool. I mean, Kurt Russell's a really big deal to have on a TV show. Uh, Wyatt Russell, I've liked in a few things I've seen him. He was in Overlord, uh, which is like a sort of, you know, Paul P.B. movie, like Nazi zombie thing. It was a fun time. He was solid in that. Um, he's been solid in a couple of things I've seen him in, so. Uh, obviously, Kurt Russell's great, because he's Kurt Russell, so. Uh, he is a legend in his own right. Yeah. 
so they're joining who's already been cast, which includes the, the biggest names probably uh Kiersey Clemens is the sort of the biggest name they had. Not anymore, obviously, because Kurt Russell's in the show. But um Hey, yeah, you know, it's like, like when they first announced this show, I was like, oh, this is weird. We're getting a Godzilla TV show that ties into these new movies. I don't know what they're going to do with this. But the more they like, announce for it, the more like, oh, they're actually putting some serious, you know, names into this and money. They're like, okay, all right. Yeah, typically these cross-media ventures just don't work. I don't know if it will work, but I'm fascinated to find out now. Well, they seem to be trying at least this time, as opposed to just coasting on, well, it's got the same name as the other stuff. It'll, it'll work. Yeah, uh, and speaking, uh, not as famous, of course, this this case, but uh, I thought it was somewhat notable that uh, Zach Galligan is returning for his role on the Gremlins animated series, uh, Secrets of the Mogwai. He was he was okay. the lead, obviously, in the the, the two live action movies, uh, and I, I don't know if he's done much acting uh, <laughs> in the last like you know thirty years, but uh, he's uh, going to be on it. Uh, they also announced George Takai and Sandra Oh are going to be on the show. Uh, okay. Along with Randall Park and Bowen Yang. So, oh, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I thought it was worth noting. Worth noting. So, very good. Um, Did you see the comments this past week about how Baby Yoda just ripped off the uh, the Gremlins? Uh, I did, yes. Uh, Joe Dante uh, should be listened to. He's right. And, uh... Is he, though? Or is he a bitter old man? No, he's right. If you see them side by side, you're like, yeah, you know what? This, this is actually quite damning. When you, when you look at Gizmo and Baby Yoda side by side. It's, uh... It's, uh... It's something. It's really not. It really is. Baby Yoda's trash, except that... <sighs> the world disagrees with you. The world's wrong about a lot of things. This is not... This is not new. Um, You're wrong about a lot of things. I, for the record, I don't think he even cares that much. I, th- I think he's just uh, being brutally honest uh, about what uh-huh. he thinks of Baby Yoda. Um, Baby Yoda looks more like Gizmo than does Yoda. <laughs> what? No, it doesn't. It does. It totally does. Um, there's total Gizmo vibes. Maybe um, you need to look next to Baby Yoda and Yoda side by side to, 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 to kind of reevaluate your perspective. But uh, what's important is that. Uh, Gremlins and Gremlins 2 are, are better than uh, The Mandalorian. That's the important part here. It's just apparently not true. But everything Joe Dante's made is better than The Mandalorian. So. It's definitely not true. Oh, come on. The Barbs, Explorers, Small Soldiers, Inner well, Space, all better. I, I, I want to make this clear. I like Joe Dante movies. Just, just, just to you, I'm, I'm not... I'm not like to say they're all terrible or anything like that. They're good. Some of them are great. Most of them are great. Mm-hmm. But so the Mandalorian. Nope. Nope. Uh, next up, Netflix are going to be launching an advertising tier, apparently in the early half of 2023. Um, what's interesting about this is there was also a headline that I saw, which is they lost a million subscribers for Q2 because, you know, the, the reports were coming out for Q2 of the year. But that was actually a positive because the projections were worse. <laughs> So it's like, oh, we only lost a million. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Had a few Netflix things this week that are yeah. kind of on this line. Like, there were some comments with this news story, because obviously this was an official announcement, where they talked about how, yeah, we're going to be tweaking how it works. They, they talked about how maybe not all content will be available on the ad one. It might be just, mm. you know, some things you might have to pay for the premium stuff. They talk, you know, the amount of ads, you know, where they're placed. All of it will be subject to change. And they were like, yeah, the... the, the uh, the, the the tier as you see it a year after it launches will probably be pretty different to the day of you know the day it does launch. Yeah, sounds a little unfocused. Not that things can't evolve, but it does sound a little, little unfocused right now. Uh, I would say that Netflix is already so expensive that like even the ad tier, like I'm still imagining being more expensive than most of the other streaming services, which is very unattractive as a like an ad prospect. tier has to be like. It can't be more than five dollars, right? Yeah, that's how I feel. But I can see it being ten because their their current tier is already over that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know, I know. Obviously, this is. I think it's mostly been affecting like, uh, it was like you know Latin American countries, but uh, they've been rolling out in some places the uh, 
the add a household, like add a home feature. Yeah, this is them to try to stop password sharing uh, by like, so if you, so you can still travel and use your Netflix, but if you're doing it for more than two weeks, it'll ask you to pay to add a household for like a few dollars per month. Yeah, I think it was like $3 a month. Yeah. Um, Admittedly, if you are sharing a password with someone and you're splitting the cost of Netflix, adding $3 would still be cheaper than you both buying your own Netflix. So I guess it's still effective cost-wise, but... um, But for those of us who just have our account mooched off by parents, for example, who don't know any better and will never, ever know see this news article... That would be a nasty surprise for them, should that be implemented. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Mum. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I... I'll be honest, I didn't even realise my mother was still logged into my Netflix account until I saw her the other day, and she mentioned watching stuff on Netflix. And <laughs> then mentioned, and then I happened to realise, oh, that's on a profile on my account. Huh. She's been leeched for a while then, but it's that <laughs> Probably by a decade. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So they're doing a lot. Uh. It's just so weird though, because you know they've raised they've raised their prices higher than just about anyone else. Uh. You have to pay extra for 4K, which every other service doesn't make you do. Um, Unless you're now TV in the in, in the UK, well, which well, yes, but I don't count those. Make make makes you pay extra for 1080p, let alone 4K. I don't even count now TV because now TV is so separate to all these other conversations. It, it is, it is. I just, I just, I'm still bitter about how stupid that is. But Netflix, they, they make you pay more for 4K, which none of the other services do. They are looking at ways to make more money through ads. They are like, it feels like they're doing so much, and I'm like, how, how, how are you struggling this much? Is this just because you borrowed so much money to make so many shows over the last five years? You're just like this screwed right now i don't know it's weird but hey ho uh that desperation and all that uh yeah so there you go um so we have a new animated show in the works wait are we on the new shows already yes we are well then can i throw in my tidbits here because at least one of them is actual casting news for a lead role in an upcoming show but that, that, I, there are tons of lead casting roles. I only mention them when they're someone notable. It's in a major show. And also it is someone that has been in other things. Not just a no-name. I'll decide if it's a major show. What's the show? Uh, it's The Acolyte, which is one of the upcoming I've Star never, Wars shows. I've never heard of this. What the hell is The Acolyte? It, uh, this is one of the ones that they announced back in that you know, uh, investors meeting last year. It was in that massive slate. Uh, this This one is... I believe the premise is, is set like a hundred odd years before the prequels. And it's about uh, a, a relatively young girl training to become a Sith, I think. So she's a Sith acolyte. And the casting is uh, Amanda Stenberg, who was uh, in the Hunger Games movies. She was Rue, you know, the, the younger girl in the, the Hunger Games movies. Absolutely fascinating. Objectively worth having in this, and and you, I, I know you just looked over it because the, the, these news articles. I'm, I'm glancing now because I want to get the name. Four, five, six hours ago, you you just said you refreshed, checked for any you know news that was in the last few hours, I did. and you just ignored this. You willingly overlooked this because I said this is not worth talking about. It is worth talking about. That is news. You know what's so funny is yeah, you always joke about the patrons making me watch a bunch of pilots that I clearly don't want to watch. I've lucked out this month because there's like four of them. So they all can't win. <laughs> is, there, is there actually? Andor's this month. The Lord of the Rings show is this month. Oh, that's the Game of Thrones no, show. That's, that's September. Is, is Lord of the Rings. That's the Game of the Thrones show. No, it's all good. No. No, no you're right. It's, it's right at the start of September. Um, yeah. yeah. But Game of Thrones and Andor are both out. But they're out the same month that the Sandman's out. And they're at the same month that She Hulk's out. <laughs> so oh, forget She Hulk. They don't care about that one that much. Look, I, I've seen the results starting to come in, and it looks like I may dodge some bullets because there's too much competition. Right. All I'm saying, people, is Andor and Game of Thrones. They're the two you need to make him watch. <laughs> Sandman after that. She Hulk. Eh. He's just mm-hmm. going to, oh, it's another Marvel show. Whoop de doo. There's your review. 
I'm just saying some bullets may get dodged because there's too much competition. But, uh, it's I, I actually can predict, I can predict your, your She-Hulk review. Good lead actress, mediocre Marvel show. I've just saved the I've just saved the patrons a vote. It that may be accurate, but it's not even it may not even be She-Hulk, I guess, in the way. Yeah, but at least the other ones I will be satisfied that you have to watch. Yeah, there's a Steve Carell show coming from Hulu called The Patient. With Donald Gleason in it. Yeah, and pe- really? yeah, yeah. People seem hyped about that. Yeah, that that's, you know. Yeah, but the, but you might just check that anyway out of oh, there's hype around this, as opposed to the other ones that you've got to be forced to watch. The patrons know this. They're they're strategic. No, I won't. No, they pulled that last this month with uh with uh they didn't no one voted for paper girls. I'm probably still gonna check out paper girls. I I don't <laughs> care about the patient that much though. <laughs> but but they might they might care about the, me reviewing a they, potentially good show more than a one and done that I'm obviously going to hate just for the amusement of it. There's too mm, much competition. This no. is a uh, this is Patreon pilot deadlock, and I love it because <laughs> <laughs> I can possibly watch all the shows I don't want to watch, and that's amazing. I think you could be convinced. It's great. Um, and I almost put in the the uh, the Lord of the Rings show as well because sometimes I'll put in like stuff that's from the because it's like the second of September. Sometimes is, I'll yeah. I'll put in like the first two or three days like shows. And the only reason why I didn't is because I looked is that I already had seven shows and I looked ahead of September and September's like you know what it's actually quite quiet because most of the returning network shows are all season twos, threes, things like that. There's not that many new shows in September right now. Admittedly. The streaming services, I don't think, have actually announced their dates for September yet, so they might get populated by them. But, uh, so I just left Lord of the Rings off for the following vote. But if I'd put that in as well, oh, oh, oh baby. Yeah. They well, would then be you'd have struggling. been cooking the numbers and, and you'd have just, you'd have felt like you were disrespecting the patrons and stealing their money. <laughs> that would have eaten away at you inside. And you'd, you'd have had to just do it out of, you know, to, to you know, cleanse your soul. All right, we got a new anime. Uh, wait, 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 wait. One more little thing, because it's it is, and it's Lord of the Rings related. Um, so you know how I was really disappointed last year when we covered that trailer. That was like, ah, musically they're just they're sticking with Howard Shaw's stuff from those movies. They're very attached to it. Uh, yeah, Howard Shaw's writing the theme song, mm-hmm. which I was like, eh, okay, but at least it's only the theme song. But on the downside, it means they're still attached to that general sound. They did also announce the main composer for the show, though, which I am actually quite happy with. And and you might be too, given that you're going to have to watch an episode. Uh, Bear McCreary. Yeah, I saw. I saw this news. Which I think is a great show, especially following up on like his, his uh, God of War work, for example, is probably the closest stylistically we're going to get you know, out of his previous body of work. That's kind of already in the, the wheelhouse of that Lord of the Rings music. Uh, has me very interested in what he could do and i hope he's not too beholden to kind of working in the original themes from you know the original movies because i think there are very few composers who do that well and i think honestly chikino might be one of the only composers that i can think of that does a really good job of working in themes like that all right carry on we've got a new animated show yes based on a video game as well uh, is it a good game I care about? Probably not. Grounded, the Xbox multiplayer game that's on the of the kids, basically. No, it's just a survival crafting game, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so the Xbox game, which is inspired by a Bugs Life and Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say if it just said a Bugs Life, I was gonna call bullshit. There's no way Honey I Shrunk the Kids did not play a role in the creation of that game. Um, yeah. So it's been adapted by Star Wars Clone Wars writer Brent Friedman. Um. And uh, it exists in the same universe as the game. Follows four friends. I mean, it exists in the same universe. Like the game has like some big story. It's a multiplayer game. <laughs> multiplayer games can have stories. Uh, it exists in the same universe as the game, which follows four friends who, the summer before high school, plan big things. Wank wank. Uh, to elevate their social standing, but their plans are upended when they stumble upon shrinking technology. That makes them two inches tall. Now the four shrunken friends must learn to survive in a towering backyard that's a jungle full of enormous predators and hiding a vast corporate conspiracy threatening their entire town. So it's a long version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. With giant spiders. 
There's a giant spider in high right, kids. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. There was... I'm sure there was. I mean, technically it's not a giant spider, it's just that the people are so small that... Uh... Oh yes, that, that's the same here as well. I'm, I'm using giant in a relative sense. Yes. Yes. Like, for example, in the first episode of The Boys Season 3, you might say there's a giant penis, but it's not really a giant penis. It's not. But relatively speaking to that other guy. Perspective is, is you know, yeah. the thing. Important. Uh, all right. Let's go on to the, the, the dramas then. We've got a host of things to talk about here. Uh, we have a new show called Wolfpack for Paramount Plus, which is like a spinoff or loosely connected to Teen Wolf. And they're doing like a movie, and then this is coming I after. Say, I was going to say, there's a, there's a movie that's coming out yeah. fairly soon. And that's, I think that's connected to the show as well, and then this is... Because this was at the, the, the Teen Wolf the movie panel at Comic-Con. Um, the One of the stars and co-producer of this new show appeared on stage. Um, and you may have heard of her, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, I believe she was in a hit television show oh. at some point. I I saw this article the other day, <laughs> presumably yesterday when this, because if it was Comic-Con, it must be yeah. yesterday. And I didn't read it. I just assumed that she, it was telling me she was in that upcoming movie. Ah. And I was like, ah, oh, that's fine. You've got no excuse to bring that up. And yet here we bloody are and it's a TV show. It's a TV show, yeah. I'll just stab myself yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, Comic-Con royalty, they call her. Uh, that seems fair. Uh, so... Yeah. Red executive produced by Teen Wolf developer executive producers Wolfpack is based on the book series by Ido Van Belkum. It follows a teenage boy uh, and a girl whose lives are forever changed when California Wildfire awakens a terrifying supernatural creature. Uh, Gail is going to star as arson investigator Kristen Ramsey. Arson investigator. That's a very specific yeah. job title. Uh, a highly regarded expert in her field and no stranger to personal loss, brought in by authorities to catch the teenage arsonist who started a massive wildfire, which may have led to the reawakening of a supernatural predator terrorizing Los Angeles. So you're saying that uh, she's investigating a fire that might have opened the hellmouth, is what you say. They are saying that. What are you drinking I'm for? Sure, I'm sure there was a personal profession in there that, 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 when I started turning around. Oh, okay, expert in the field and no stranger to personal loss. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, that was what it was. Okay, okay, okay. I can see it. I knew there was something that made me go, yeah, that probably hits it. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to making a Buffy or Angel alumni one of the rules as well. If no, 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 no. That does not need to be a rule because I do not encourage this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Geller, back in the saddle, doing a show. Um... I don't have the real interest in Teen Wolf, but um, I, I wonder if like you know we're seeing her pop up in more potential things now because maybe her kids are a bit older and she's there. Oh, I can you know I don't have to be full time mum anymore. I can go back to taking some more long term roles. Maybe, yeah. Because I know because I know she had I know because uh, no that this is just because they were both in the same show. But I know Alison Hannigan as well. Like she she had kids and then like oh the acting jobs kind of dissipated for a while. When was that? Not that long. What do you mean? Well, she kind of been off for that long, right? Unless this was relatively recently. Oh yeah, I think it was like towards the end or after her meet her mother. Yeah, I was going to say. Because that wasn't... Oh, oh, actually, when did that end? That was probably about seven years ago now, wasn't it? That's a while ago. Yeah. Because I just, I remember there was like a, a, she was on like a talk show, I saw a clip of online a few years ago where she's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've just been a mum now, like, so, like, because I think they were asking her, because they always ask the actors this, like, oh, do you see so-and-so that you worked with on this movie or show still? It's like, the only people I see are, like, other kids' parents. That's all I'm seeing right now. That's that's my life for, for the foreseeable so I, future. I, I absolutely get this. Like, I, I don't know, what, it's such a weird question to me, but like, to ask, because in my experience, when I leave a job, I probably speak to the people who I literally worked with, you know, five days a week, I will mm. speak to them all week long. I, I barely speak to any of them ever anymore unless I happen to bump into them on the street. I mean, obviously you may form a friendship that actually, you know, goes outside of the workplace, but and I guess that's what they're always hoping for, some juicy celebrity friendship yeah. stuff, but... For the most part, though, you just... You, you can be still, like, good friends, you know, and get along with people. I mean, hell, 
in this example, Alison Harrigan is literally married to another actor that she met on Buffy. <laughs> so yeah, clearly, she's... that one transcended the work relationship. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't dispute that it happens, but I assume that's in the minority of the, yes. of the of the relationships that any actor has with other actor, right? Yeah, it's work. You like some of them, you don't like some others. Maybe you're just acquaintances with some, and maybe there's the odd one who becomes an actual friend who you, you know, actually do things with after you're done with the job. Yeah. Um, but, uh, regardless. Uh, moving on, anyway, so, uh, the wolf pack. Uh, don't mess with the wolf pack, you'll wind up in a body bag. Go on, what we next? Yeah. Let me yeah. drink again. Yeah. I don't. That was a reference for everyone but Carter, basically. <laughs> um, alright. So, next up, Paramount Plus has ordered The Doll Factory. Uh, it's an adaptation. Um, with Marcella Indy Buccaneer media attached, uh, Australia, New Zealander on board. So this is actually the UK wing of Paramount Plus. So now that Paramount Plus has launched in a bunch of places, there's like local originals being greenlit. So yeah, uh, the Vard adaptation of the Sunday Times best-selling the Sunday Times best-seller. Shall we always read the New York Times bestselling? I just, I've never read the Sunday Times bestselling like it's as important. Hey, maybe <laughs> it is. Sunday Times. The Sunday Times bestselling novel, a dark thriller story of obsession centered around the doll painter and her twin sister. Oh, tw- twins? I never know. Uh, so, yeah, Marcella, Crime, and Wistable Peril. Uh, or Wistable Peril? Wistable? I don't, is this like whistable as in to whistle, so it's whistable, or is whistable a word? I, I don't know. I don't know, so it's a word to me. Uh, but anyway, so it's a six-part thriller drama, uh, and it'll join the Paramount Plus uh, original lineup. Um, so we're, let me get my description here. Set in London in 1850. The ah, doll- so it's a peach show. Uh, piss off. The Doll Factory tells the story of Iris, who paints dolls for a living alongside her twin sister Rose. Iris and Rose, is there a... Nah, there's no real pairing with those two, is it? Okay. Uh, the, the link is just flowers. Yeah. I guess? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay. Uh. That's that's the theme, they're, they're both named after flowers, that's it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought that may be some witty, you know, like... Yeah, sometimes you name twins, like, you know, especially in TV shows, you, you go for, like, a like a pairing of names that, you know, yin and yang or something. Not literally oh, yeah. yin and yang. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. no, no, I think that is the the, the, the pairing, the, the theme that the, the, the parents chose here. Would be. Yes. Oh, we'll, we'll name them after, you know, you know the two, two favourite flowers or something stupid like that. I don't know. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yes. Uh, so... Iris dreams of becoming an artist and by night secretly paints herself naked. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Silas is a taxidermist who owns a shop filled with his cre- creations. He dreams of one day finding an item so unique that he will be catapulted to fame. Lewis is a painter and member of the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood, uh, searching for his next muse. When Iris meets Silas and then Loomis... I was like, Lewis, not Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. I'm just, do you know what? I'm wishing I was watching Halloween all of a sudden and I'm thinking of Lewis. Uh, she is offered an opportunity to escape and start a new life. Wait, with both of them? Two, two, two men? What? Okay, whatever. Uh, to do so, she must abandon her sister, sacrifice her reputation, and launch herself into the unknown. But as Iris' world expands, a story of dark obsession begins to unfold. So it's like a love triangle then with the, with the two I have guys. No idea. Uh, I... This sounds. See, when I when you started this story, I was cynical because I I don't know how aware you are with the UK regulations with networks, and I think they're moving it into streaming services. Being that a certain percentage of the content on them in this country has to be British produced to encourage you know people to you know make content here. Okay, okay. So uh, when you when you started this story, I'm like, oh, Paramount Plus, they've just you know launched, so they've you know, got to have start getting some content in so they can hit that arbitrary quota. But that sound this sounds pretty more expensive than is necessary to do that. But it still sounds really messy. 
I think it's, it's kind of this weird thing where I, I I do think there'd be a reasonable amount anyway. Maybe there's a few extra things to hit the, the quota that's like been mandated, but like I, I don't necessarily think they would avoid making UK, UK things if there wasn't like some sort of mandate. Um, it's and I I, I kind of from an industry perspective I get it just from like okay there's a there's an industry in the UK that needs to keep making stuff and they're just making sure that there's always work for you know everyone up the, up, up and down the food chain as it were on film crews TV crews things like that but yeah I mean knowing people who are in that chain it's pretty diverse there's there's, there's a lot of work in, in yeah in the UK film industry and TV just kind of combining them together yeah no there is there's a healthy amount. Uh, so, um, it, yeah, I, I can't say it appeals to me. It, it sounds a bit, you know, I'm not a period piece guy. And admittedly, if you tell me it's a dark thriller or a horror set in 1850 London, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm I can be into that. I, I think, but yeah, I'm not inherently for or against period pieces. The problem is with this one. If you just you know set you know do the exact same thing, but it's set in modern day, right? Yeah, you you change the profession of the doll factory to something very slightly different to make it more modern. Right, pop, Funko Pop factory. Sure, there you go. Job done. We, we, we definitely have those in the UK and they're not just in China, but whatever. Um, well, uh, you just said pick something I, I equivalent. Know. I, uh, I know, I know. I wasn't thinking about the logistics of where they actually are. It, it still sounds really bland and kind of a mess and just like, I yeah. don't understand what exactly it wants to be. And there's that bit in the middle where it's literally just each the start of like three sentences in a row is, and then there's this character who is this, and then there's this character yeah. who is this, and it's just like there's no flow to this that's making it intriguing. It's just kind of uh, badly written description, telling me a lot of things. Yeah, uh, so there you go. Uh, next up, fresh off the boat, producer slash author and boogie filmmaker Eddie Huang, or yeah, I'll say Huang, uh, has got a new one-hour drama in development. It's Showtime. It's called Panda. Uh, and the pilot is going to follow Panda, uh, which is uh, a gifted delinquent who starts selling ecstasy in Orlando, Florida during the pressed pill boom of the late 90s. He's motivated by his mother's challenge to be the best of stupid people. <laughs> that's a great mother. Uh, with the help of Jade, a cunning private schoolgirl from the other side of town, they're able to connect the hoods and take over the uh, burgaging drug trade and the Florida Breaks rave scene. Um, I could not be less interested in this if I tried. So this is like, just, you know, a, a, a premise and concept that I'm just not that interested in, but then being on Showtime, I can just, I can see kind of the edgy... Please. Please show that it wants to be. Like, look at this, these cool characters who are, are doing this. You know, I just... Look at yeah. all these drugs and sex that we're going to have on, on screen. It's kind of the vibe that, I'll, that I can already feel them like going. Yeah. So I... Yeah, I'm good. I want nothing to do with this. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can you can have it. Off you go. Uh, oh, did I get moved to an, uh, the wrong location? <laughs> I've got a renewal like randomly in the middle of these shows. Ah, so much for your sacred form. This was an accident, though. This was not an intentional thing. I clearly just moved the tab to the wrong place. Uh, the Wheel of Time got renewed for season three. There you go. How about it? Oh, yeah. I did see that. And I honestly thought you were going to open with that one, because it's probably the highest profile renewal. Arguably. Is anyone talking about Wheel of Time? I don't know if they are. Still a fairly big show. Season two hasn't hit yet, either, which I, I don't think. I think it's still upcoming. After after the week the first episode's dropped, I don't think I've heard anyone mention or talk about it. I still saw quite a bit about it, but maybe that's just because I'm more... I, I didn't watch any more of it. You're, you're in, in the weirdo, surface. like, sort of fantasy LARPing crowd, yes. Fantasy, yes. LARPing, no. Yes. Well, you don't no, I'm to... against it, but I, I'm not in that crowd. Well, you don't have to LARP. You're naturally ginger, so... Yeah. That's a punishment enough. Uh, next up, uh, so young adults, there's a young adult slate of things, Universal Television and my so-called company have optioned the rights to three young adult books, so I'll give you some quick descriptions of these. Uh, so the first one is called We Were Liars, it is a tragic love story uh, and an amnesia thriller set on a privately owned island off the coast of Massachusetts. It's uh, been on the New York Times bestseller list for the past 22 months. Quite a lot of months. New York just sounds more important than Sunday. That's just, you know, just fundamental. Well, one's, a, one's a place, one's a day. 
True, true, true. But is there any place in the UK that would sound as important? Like, the Surrey Times bestseller list? <laughs> Probably not. The Birmingham Times. Or, or even just, like, York Best Times. Like, you know, because it's New York, you know, the New York Best Times and then just the York Best Times. Like, no, this is the old York. This is boring old York. No one cares about this. <laughs> See, that has a problem where you're too used to hearing New York best times. Yeah. So you're, you're like, you, you, you're kind of like just making it sound weird by choosing York. Yeah, I know, I know. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, amnesia thriller, private owned island. Uh, yeah. it, honestly, it probably would sound like something that might be okay if it wasn't for the fact that it was. It told me it was young adult. <laughs> and then it was... Even that aside, I think it would still sound quite generic. Generic, sure, but not... Not inherently terrible, yeah, just generic. Not lacking potential with the right creative touches, you know? Yeah. Uh, next up is Family of Liars, which is a prequel to We Were Liars, the one that I just told you about. <laughs> okay. So we're franchising this already, though there'll be two shows that are related. I didn't take them long. Uh, it takes readers back to the story of another summer, another generation, and the secrets that will haunt them for decades to come. So it sounds like it's just the same, a similar premise, but set in the past. Different characters, different secrets. But presumably some connections to the island or something, you know, some... Yeah, probably. Uh, so, yeah, I presume that they'll do one, and then if it's a hit, they'll do the other one. <laughs> That'd be my guess, because they'll probably. be connected. Uh, and then the third one is Again Again, and it follows Adelaide Bitchwald. Maybe Buckwald. Maybe it's a hard sh- Maybe my Scottish is, is coming in handy here. Uh, but anyway, uh, who after a near-fatal family catastrophe and an unexpected romantic upheaval, finds herself catapulted into a summer of wild possibility. I hate this description. Uh, during which she will fall in, in and out of love a thousand times while confronting the secrets she keeps, her ideas about love, and the weird grandiosity of the human mind. Do you know what? I don't think that technically broke any rules, but I think you should drink for that description because it was so up its own arse with bullshit. <laughs> I, I was going to say I'm not drunk enough for that description. And... Therefore, have a drink. Drunk enough very quickly, but sure, why not? Why I, not? I think this is just a judgment call of that deserves a drink. <laughs> it's not about if any specific so. rules. I would just you know, just go for it. Oh, oh, that bottle's almost done there. Oh, he's always finished. There you go. Yep. How's that going? You know what uh, is really annoying me? There's another bottle in the kitchen with just a little, like just like you know, a swig or two left in that I had planned. Oh, I'll I'll bring that in for, for mm-hmm. the news, and then I forgot and I've left it in the other room. Oh no! So oh, I thought I'll, I'll finish that off. That'll be perfect. But no, never mind. I'm, an, I'm a moron. We got a couple of stories left, and it's actually the first time since we came back, or at least since uh, like uh, upfronts was done at the start of us coming back to the the, the weekly podcast show, that uh, we have some network stories at the end of the the show, uh, some off season pilots. So we're starting to maybe have some okay. of them filter in. Um, so starting off with an NBC show, it's picked up uh, a drama to the series order uh, for the 2022 to 2023 season. It's called Found. And it's coming from All Americans, uh, Netchi, or Ketch, maybe it's a silent end, Ketchi, uh, Okoro Carol, uh, with Berlanti Productions and Warner Bros. Television, uh, Berlanti all over the place, of course. Uh, usual suspects then. If it's not uh, Berlanti, it's Aaron Kaplan's Capital Entertainment. And if it's not any of them, it's uh, Danny Strong for the hit television oh, show. Yeah, but for yeah. the Valparaiso there, it's him that's producing some. Um, or Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes has got a lot as well, I suppose. There's uh, some name in them. She famously has a lot. Yeah. Um, who I now have like a blood debt with, or a blood feud, because I watched Bridgerton episode one. and uh, she Bridgerton? Yeah, I'm sure it said Shondaland at the start, so... I mean, I'll tell you what, I've never watched Bridget. You, you've seen more of it than I have. <laughs> the only thing I know is that they, they used my favourite Taylor Swift song in it at some point. But I, I couldn't tell you any context for that. I haven't seen the scene or anything like that. I just know it's in there. Yeah. Uh, so they've picked us up the series. Found stars Shanola Hampton. Uh, it's one of six NBC pilots set for off-cycle consideration. Um... So, uh, this was the one the description was like really weird down. Uh, yeah, here we go. So, in any given year, more than 600,000 people are reported missing in the US. More than half of that number are people of colour that the country seems to forget about. Public relations specialist Gabby Mosley, uh, series star and producer Shanola Hampton, 
who was once herself one of those forgotten ones, and her crisis management team now makes sure that there is always someone looking out for the forgotten missing people. But unbeknownst to anyone, uh, this everyday hero is hiding a chilling secret of their own. Can I just run and grab that other bottle real quick? I'm, I'm like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 you know, set um, off the character's real thing. Uh, the, the person's real stuff. I think the, the main thing I'd say about this before Kara gets back is that while it's admirable that this person does this in real life, uh, this also sounds like a really generic crime network show. And that's... Uh, yeah, you know, not that appealing. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it, it it sounds like I say fine, admirable in real life, but as a TV show, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Uh, dr- he's drinking there for uh, the secret part of that, just in case. Anyone Honestly, was... when I said a minute ago, ah, oh, you know, I, I I left it there. I thought, oh, it's fine. There's only going to be a couple of news stories left. I won't bother. I won't need it. And then you said there were network shows, and I went, damn it. Well, that brings us to our last story. CBS. CBS. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if there's no left in the ball. CBS has given a pilot order to The Never Game, a drama series adaptation of Jeffrey Deaver's novel starring and executive produced by Justin Hartley. Uh, this is one that was put to like, the, the off-cycle part of the season because of Hartley's uh, commitments to the final This Is Us schedule that you makes know? sense yeah that's, so that's actually a, a pretty good reason yeah yeah so he was finishing up that so that's why they, they held off so clearly he's a big part of the deal they, they want him he's the the, the star of the he's, show he's a pretty recognizable face especially after this is us oh at this point yeah uh so written by uh uh winters what's his full name here because i've skipped over that part uh ben winters yeah uh ben, well ben winters was replacing michael cooney as the head writer sorry uh so he's he's written the, the show written the pilot uh, so, based on Deaver's novel, uh, and to be directed uh, by... Where's this? I hate this. Don't what they're doing. So, in the description, it's given me their surnames because I've already mentioned them in, like, another paragraph. So, I'm just looking for this full name. <sighs> oh, dear. Um... So unprofessional. You could have you you researched this ahead of time. Oh, Ken, Ken, Ken Olin. Ken Olin. There you go. Uh, so, there you go. He's directing. Uh, the Never Game features Hartley as a lone wolf survivalist, Coulter Shaw. Coulter, what a action hero TV name that is. Uh, lone wolf survivalist. Coulter he was Shaw. Green Arrow. <laughs> you could literally have a bone arrow in this and it wouldn't look out of place with this, this description. Yeah. Uh, who roams the country as a reward seeker, using his expert tracking skills to help private citizens and law enforcement to solve all manner of mysteries while contending... With his own fractured family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you knew it was coming. CBS, can't help themselves. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. And that's another bottle down. So technically you finished two balls tonight. So and obviously they were I both did. nearly finished, but still, it sounds pretty bad. So this is kind of why I picked them, though. It's like, ah, there's not enough left to have a good pour. There's not enough left to use them in a cocktail for anything. It's just like, well, there's this. I'll do for this. So there you go. That's uh, the never a game. Uh, it sounds, sounds, like, sounds terrible. It sounds like a CBS show where he's just solving weekly crimes, yeah. Uh, you know that he's getting a damn decent paycheck. The only thing that sticks out about it is that because he's wandering around the country, at least each episode will be in a different town or location. You know, he gets to have different locales. So that's true. Cool, I guess. It, it gives it a better premise than. Just like, oh, we need to find a case that happened in this immediate vicinity. Yeah, you know, yeah. What went wrong in this neighborhood this time? It's, oh, we, we can go anywhere. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So that's, that's pretty much the news. Uh, I'll just sort of fill it up. I mentioned at the start, I did the Severance uh, season one kind of wrap-up video talking about the ending. I, I mean, I mostly talked about the last two or three episodes because they were particularly great and they were fresh because I just watched those. <laughs> um, but uh, you can check out that. Obviously, we had a big episode of Better Call Saul this week. So mm-hmm. uh, make sure you go check that out. That, w- that went up uh, on Friday. Um, obviously, uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine started this week for us. Uh, we just got to that point in Next Gen where Deep Space Nine starting to sprinkle in. So it's kind of a big deal. We didn't we the Star Trek shows since the start of twenty seventeen with the original series, and we're now up to the point where we're in season six of Next Gen and starting season one of Deep Space Nine. So the journey continues, and you know that's. Uh, 
about five yeah five years uh, coming up on yeah, yeah. so well, it's like four and a half at the minute but yeah, yeah. so yeah but big big stuff uh so check out that too um uh, also, of course, head over to Mail Fuzz Movies if you fancy the movie podcast. Uh, Screams After Midnight is the horror movie podcast I do with Tim. Uh, we have been working through the Final Destination movies. The first three have been done. We've got the fourth one coming up, I think, next week. So look forward to that. Uh, Atomic Cinema Experiment, we just did David Cronenberg's new film. It's our sci-fi movie podcast, but we did Crimes of the Future uh, as the last episode. Well, we're uh, hearing about that. It's a weird one because it's David Cronenberg, so mm. he does weird things. It's kind of what he's known for. So, yeah, we're checking out those. Uh, so, yeah, go, go have a look at uh, all these things. Uh, and as mentioned during the show, yes, if you're at the $10 tier on Patreon, you can vote on the pilot priorities for me to check out next month. And, uh, Please don't vote for She-Hulk. Don't, don't waste your vote. The thing is... Or oh, that, that other one, the name I've already forgotten about. Uh, the Patient. There, there, there's enough there that they could vote for other things. Avoid She-Hulk and still avoid the ones you want me to watch. Like, there's enough there to... All I'm saying is, you know the two I really want to make him watch, and the third is, no, you know, you know but... the third one. Vote for those. No one's... No one... Maybe no one wants to hear my thoughts on the first episode of a Game of Thrones spinoff, because it'll just it, be me moaning. It'll be you talking about Matt Smith in a wig. Everyone <laughs> wants to hear that. Because <laughs> you, you, you didn't cover the... You, I mean, I haven't watched it either, but you didn't make us watch the, the trailer that came out today yesterday that for that show like the full proper trailer life's too short to to, to spend I, I, I didn't bother telling you because i was like eh, yeah i'll just watch it when it comes out in like a month's time at this point or whatever it is but the lord of the rings trailer i did watch that well looks a little ringsy there you go uh that's uh the whole shebang that is the almost cancelled tv news podcast thank you very much for joining us uh i will thank our patreon producers for the month so thank you to tyler hess and the palaceus david sharp board now christopher moy david brown i'll trade with an allison m four dice of course you can go for patreon.com slash tv and support us uh on a monthly basis and get some goodies for your your troubles uh including the five dollar tier which is the early access tier uh you get this show at the early now on the saturday before the sunday um Unless in extreme rare cases where we can't record it until the Saturday, in which case uh, everyone will just get it on the Sunday. But, it does occasionally happen because of my work yeah. schedule. Yeah, we bounce around a lot, but we, we, we tend to get it done on Thursday or Friday. So, uh, mm-hmm. But go go uh, go have a look. And of course, you can support us as well on YouTube by just hitting the super thanks button below the video for a one time if you if that's what you want to do. Uh, all, all support is obviously greatly appreciated and helps keep all the content coming. So thank you very much for joining us once again. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?